1: Mama, if you're tired, you're not alone. Sleep deprivation is real, and it doesn't get resolved when you no longer have a baby at home. Today, we talked to certified sleep consultant Mary Vaughn, also known as Let's Mother Together, on Instagram, about the sleep challenges we face during the toddler years and how we can tackle them together. We read the books. We bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech.
2: And I'm Pamela, I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay, because we both agree that our most important
1: work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Pamela, I feel like this is a very timely <laughs> uh, episode for you based on your text messages from this morning. I know.
2: So I've been uh, dealing with this for the a few months now, and I think I was very spoiled the first years. Afford sleeping routine This is also your favorite topic I, I love know. it I love And it I don't I'm How such did we take so long To
1: do a topic
3: about this
2: I don't know But we got a lot of requests About this topic yeah. too And I think a lot of people Are like in the same stage So it's true I think for a long time There's a myth That okay Once you go You get through the new Newborn stage You know You're gonna be sleeping It's just a short period of time It's not And we don't wanna be We don't wanna discourage you But There's a solution We're gonna tackle them We have an expert today We're excited to talk to her So hang in there. Yeah, yeah. I
1: also feel, I mean, I feel like all the time whenever I go through these like waves of things with Victoria, my mom always is like, un año más, like one more year. It's just, just one more year. And yes, I think it was like this week or whatever. I was like, mom, I'm going on four years. (laughs) But I'm excited to learn from, from our guest and excited to kind of dive into this topic finally. Okay, so do you have a motherish moment? So my
2: motherish moment it's going to be a sleepy one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have become the worst person to put for down to sleep. And we'll talk about this, obviously, in today's episode. But with everybody else, he seems like he has a routine. He knows what to do. He puts himself to sleep. He says bye, turns off the TV, good night, kind of marches into the room, done. With me, he's like, you know, doesn't want to do it. He does not want to go to sleep. He wants to hang out with me the whole night. He wants to play games. He wants... Anything that has nothing to do with sleep. So, he's just so
1: excited to like hang out with you. I know, and but like, it's, like- it's
2: gotten to the point where like for his benefit, like I find myself like working late, like avoiding bedtime. Oh no. Which is horrible. Oh I no. know, I know. Because, you know, with everybody else, it's so I'll get home, like let's say I'll get home like at, you know, 8.45 and he's sleeping. Oh, it was great. It was easy. I'll be home and it'll be like 10.15, 10.30 and he'll still be awake. And I'm like... About to start crying It's like two hours of my life You know And again it's great That I'm spending time with him But it's not great for him He wakes up tired To go to school It's just It's a mess So I'm excited To talk to our expert today To Mary, From Let's Mother Together Because I just You know me How I often, like wait. A plan I'm a believer That there's like A technique for everything And it happens And it works So I just want to like Take the notes Take the advice And apply it How many nights a week Is this happening to you? Every time I had to put him to sleep. So what happens, like for example, my mom is over, she loves to put him down to sleep. So like we'll spend time with him, we'll spend the night, we'll do dinner, blah blah blah, everything. And then like at 8 15, she'll take him up. Mm-hmm. And then I'll stay down working on the computer or doing stuff or picking up.
1: Oh, okay. okay. And then so, she'll yeah. come down. Right. Yeah. But she's
2: not here every day, right? Whenever she's come with the dad, he knows his routine. Like turns on the TV, doesn't even fight, doesn't say a beep. Okay. He even sends me like like, bye, good night, perfect. With the nanny, with everybody else. It's only with me. And I'll put him in his bed, walk out of his room, and he'll start going, Mama. <laughs> Mama. And it's funny because he's whispering, so he's not even yelling. So he knows that it's nighttime, there's no light, it's time to go to sleep. He's like, It's I very got frustrating. You I'm getting All like to myself. Yeah, he's like, Mama <laughs> Like in a very creepy, scary voice. I love it. I love it. I'm sorry. I'm,
1: I'm not, that's not funny. I'm sorry. Yeah. So that's my mother's I'm sorry. <clears throat> I mean, it's not going to last forever. I don't know, know. whatever. My motherish moment is, so Victoria had, there was like the first like art exhibit at her school. So it's like the first kind of like thing where they invite the parents to see what the children did and blah, blah, blah. And I guess one child from every class uh, was like their art was selected to like be part of a silent auction. And... I didn't I mean I didn't even know the details like I was I just showed up cuz they said like there's wine and a charcuterie board and I was like sign and then and it's like no kids and I was like sign me up like we're going to go <laughs> plus like some of my friends from my neighborhood their kids also go to the school so we're like what time are you getting there we're going to hang out whatever We get there and then, you know, I see like the bit of the silent auction. That wasn't like the main thing. The main thing was like an art exhibit. Like each class did like an entire like art exhibit area and it was so cute and you see photos of them like doing the artwork in the process. So I ignored the silent auction area. We went to the art exhibit part and like I'm looking at like Victoria's classroom and you know I keep look, like Juan and I are like there she is there's her name da, da da da, and we're taking pictures and it's so cute or whatever then like the other parents that we know from the neighborhood like three of them come and they're like oh my god what are the chances that all of our kids artwork was chosen for the silent auction from each from each classroom and I was like what and they're like yeah you know Xander's, Gabriel, Alice and then the Sarah Federica and I was like oh god I was like who was chosen from Victoria's class (laughs) like I'm like what the hell context please remember in the story that I'm saying right now that we took photos of the photos of the kids like during the process of the artwork this is a very important detail so then we go over to like the like I'm like Juan let's go to the silent auction let's see who was chosen from Victoria's class and there's this one random frame of art that was like Kind of like a rainbow circle or like hypnotizing it was scary. Abstract. Yes. Did not look like the beautiful artwork that everybody else did. It didn't have a name on it. And I was like, Juan, this is Victoria's art. And he's like, please stop being crazy right now. And I go, no, look at this photo. And then I show him a photo of like what looks like the same, like the beginning of that same piece of art um and she's like painting it and i'm like the
2: shape is exactly the same it's the same color but what, they didn't put her name on like the one in the silent option well
1: so i the the name was in the back of it but i didn't want to touch it i didn't want to like you know handle this whole like piece of art or whatever but i was like look at the photo of victoria in the process of making some art it looks just like this art this is hers and he's like please calm down so he grabs the art and then in the back it said her name and I was like she made it she made it and he's like you're being a stage mom right now like calm down whatever and I go to the mom friends and I was like you guys Victoria's also made it I can't believe it or whatever and so we're just like I don't know like bashing in the glory of like we must be doing something right because our neighborhood crew are like the ones that were chosen from each group, each classroom, whatever. And then we're like, "No, maybe maybe they just they're on to us. I don't know. Like they know we're friends. Who knows why?" But all of our kids were chosen. That's adorable. Um, but whatever. No one bid on it cuz it had no name on it. So, we got it for free. <laughs> and now it's in your refrigerator. It's in her room. I don't... Yeah, it's too big. It's on a canvas. It's in her room now. But she's very excited about it. So,
2: whatever. But it's so cute. It's That's not adorable. cute. It's not It's not cute. That is um, cute. I was getting, getting all sentimental. No. Nah, until, yeah. like, until, like, until, I thought like, I was- too, it was going to be, like, someone stole her art or no. some dramatic <laughs> thing like that. But... No, it's just me being a stage mom already. Okay. All right. So, when anyway. we have our expert Mary share her motherish moment of the week. Hi. Welcome.
3: Hi. I have a story about art, but I'm going to save it for another time because my child produced something that was a little bit morbid and I saw it hanging in the school hallway. I'm not going to, show, I'm not going to show that one. Um, no, I had thought about this for a minute. So the other day our oldest is seven and a half and I hear the car alarm going off outside and panicked because all the neighborhood kids are running around. We've got like a dozen or so kids who play in our yard and so didn't know what was going on. And so I hear this alarm and I go outside and my kid is in the car the windows were down so it was it was okay but they have been coached at length about not playing in vehicles like it is so unsafe it's one of my worst nightmares having a kid trapped in a car terrifies me to no end and so i lost my mind and like grab you know grabbed him opened the car shut off the alarm get him inside and i'm like about to just rage on, because it scared me, right? I wasn't even really mad at him, I was just terrified. And if I had been a neighbor kid, like my mind was racing on all of the worst case things. And so I had him sit on the porch for a couple of minutes and you know we talked about it and we talked about why it wasn't safe and we talked about all of the things after it like, and I I apologized for freaking out because I freaked out big. And, but then I said like, are you okay? And he said, mom, I know you still love me. Even when I make mistakes. Oh oh my God. I'm doing something right. Yes. I'm just, Cause I say that all the time. I tell them regularly, like when they mess up and they spill milk and they feel bad. And it's like, no, like I'm going to love you no matter what I'm going to love you. You could, there's nothing you could do. And you know, you don't always know if they hear you or if they're absorbing those kind of things. And just like, oh, my my heart, he heard me. And and it came out in this like very big, very angry, very scary thing. And so that was just affirming and kind of like both a low, like, oh my gosh, why, why is my kid in the car? But also I'm not totally blowing this thing.
2: So let's introduce our guest. So she's Mary (laughs) Vaughn. She's a parent coach sleep consultant. She is an Institute of Pediatric Sleep and Parenting Certified Sleep Consultant and Parent Coaching Institute Certified Parent Coach. You know, her passion, sleep and just helping mothers. And I love this where we say this, thrive instead of just surviving through motherhood. And like I mentioned in the intro, we have this myth that the struggles with sleep only last during the first months and reality is and I was actually looking into this research that you know they did a study and most moms they average between four to six years before they go back to like a steady sleeping routine where they don't feel like they're deprived from sleep so if you're tired mom and you have you know a two-year-old a two and a half a three-year-old like it's okay you're not alone and we're going to listen to Mary in terms of like what can we do? You know, and I, everyone has different challenges. And we're going to share some of the ones we got um, through social media. I'll tell you mine. Mine is the night routine. And what and that he knows that I struggle with it. And he takes advantage of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a victim. I'm a victim <laughs> of his manipulation. How do we... It's sometimes we feel like it's so hard to break a routine once they're a certain age, right? So kind of think mom just kind of like throw the towels. Like, you know what? This is his routine. It's too late. Like, I don't know how to change it. And please tell me that that's not right, right? Like I could, tonight, I'm going to do something different where he will know that he needs to go to sleep and I don't need to either. It's another thing. Sometimes he wants to be carried. I can't carry him anymore. Like, you know, so why don't we start with toddler ears and how we help them because it's for their benefit to kind of soothe themselves and go to sleep and we don't have to like make it a battle.
3: Yeah, so toddlers really are my favorite tiny clients. And that's what I tell people all the time. I inadvertently became an expert in toddlers. I didn't start out like I worked with all kinds of kids, but toddlers have really become my jam because the difference with toddler sleep versus like you were talking about infant sleep, where I don't know if you guys have seen the meme from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they're like looking at the board of all of the things and trying to make sure that like, you know, my kids slept through the night. So what pajamas were they wearing? And how hot was the house? How cold was it? Like what were their wake windows. And it's very like attempting to be scientific and recreate the perfect circumstances to get your kid to sleep. And with toddlers, it's much less like the wake windows matter, but a little bit less. And it's usually a behavioral thing. And so I really like working with toddlers because it's, it's more focused on coaching the parents to be confident about changing the routine if it's not working for you and feeling confident about setting a boundary. If you want your kid to sleep in their bed and you want them to stay there all night, that's a perfectly appropriate thing. Like if you want your kid to sleep in your bed with you every night, that's fine too. I don't like, I'm here for that if that's what you want. But if you are here and you're like, man, I just want my kid to sleep all night in their own room. Like they've got this great room and they've got this great bed. Why the heck won't they just stay in it? There's so much. And like, but it's a lot behavioral and it's a lot of coaching the parents to say like let set your kid up for success to the best of our ability and you know respond to their needs and be gentle and we are loving but we are also it's okay to set a boundary and a lot of the work with toddlers is working with the parents so to answer your question is yes you can start whatever you want tonight as long as you're prepared to follow through with it i'm ready and And I can talk at length about ways to be, to still be responsive to your kid and still make sure that they feel loved and they don't feel abandoned and they feel very safe, but it's still okay to expect them to sleep in their bed.
1: Like what happens with toddler brains? Like why for like in this situation, like Ford, ever since I have been a close part of this, of this dynamic duo, like love to sleep, perfect sleeper. And now like, like what's the shift like scientifically, I guess, like with toddlers?
3: So toddlers come into this world and their whole job in life is to like flail against the walls until they figure out where the boundaries are. And that's their whole thing is that they're going to keep just like wildly asking for things and pushing the limits. And it's not manipulative and they're not trying to victimize parents. They're just trying to figure out where the limits are, and you should have limits, because ultimately like having boundaries and having limits makes your kid feel more secure in this world. If they can't find those limits, then they are in a state of uncertainty and they don't know what to expect. They don't know if one night you're going to jump into their bed and sleep with them. They don't know if they're gonna be expected to stay. And so a little bit of consistency, even when it's firm, makes your kid feel much more secure in this world. And so like, while they're out here doing some of this, and for those of you listening, I'm like wildly (laughs) swinging my arms around, it is your job to provide that kind of box for them to live in safely and feel really secure. And bedtime, I'm not sure what it is for parents, because we treat, taught like behavioral issues all day long. And if your kid was demanding ice cream for lunch every day, you wouldn't have a hard time saying, no, these are your these are your options. These are your healthy choices I've put out for you. Pick from one of them. And you wouldn't have an issue holding that boundary. But for some reason at night, parents have this switch where sleep behavior, they feel like they aren't equipped to intervene dying. and hold a boundary. And I'm, I actually don't really know like it is. It's just behavioral. Yeah. It's bedtime. It is just like any other behavior you're seeing. And if you want it to change, then you have to change it.
2: What's the first step? And we're also going to tackle the big bed crib transition because we got a lot of questions about that. My son is still in my house, still in his crib with a net. I did the net (coughs) because he was climbing out of the crib. Now I just close him up and he's fine. And again, once he's asleep, he's a great sleeper and he'll sleep through sometimes lately now because so he's potty trained, but he wears a night diaper at night. And sometimes he will drink too much milk or he pees through it and he'll be wet. And then he'll wake up and call me, which I understand. Like, no, it's uncomfortable. So that's the only times we we'll kind of. But otherwise, like if he went to the restroom before, you know, goes to bed, he'll be fine the whole night. It's just the fact that I want him to do what he did when he was a baby. Like soothe himself, go to sleep, <laughs> bye. I'm leaving. Like, you're in your room. Gotta go.
3: Yeah. So the first thing I always tell parents is to really double down on your routine you probably have a routine you probably have something that you're doing pretty consistently but to really go kind of hard on it and and stick to it very very consistently because that predictability is again like it's a security thing for your kid to know what comes first next last and they aren't surprised about bedtime changes and even to take that a couple steps further i have and i can link you guys with this a freebie download to do to create a visual mm-hmm. routine And so the thing I have online is just like cut and paste and color and put them in order the different steps of your bedtime routine so that your kid can theoretically they can color it with you, they can help you put them in order, they can have a little bit of buy in over what, you know, should we do teeth or potty first, should we do books first, or should we like, do a puzzle, you know, sometimes playing quietly as part of routine, like so they can put a little bit of their, their decision making into it. And then so you create a routine so then when you go through it together they can look at it and they can say okay well we've already done that step i know what's coming and the last step in your routine is them going to sleep probably hopefully on their own and sleeping through the night but that making it visual just doubles the senses and lets them like Mm. more fully understand and anticipate i even have i've created a visual and tactile routine chart that is it's like this beautiful wooden thing i had envisioned for years but it lets them not only then see the routine but like slide a check mark kind of check off Mm -hmm. as you go and so that just increases the sensory part of this visual routine and so I don't want to like way overstate the sensory part of it but having a routine even if it's like you just draw a couple of pictures is is going to go a really long way for a kid who struggles with bedtime
2: let's talk about big beds big boy beds so he has a big boy bed at his father's house and he has a crib here and he sleeps great in both but you know obviously the big bed I think eventually I'm gonna have to do it because the big boy he barely fits in the crib but he still sleeps comfortably in it but the struggle with or the hesitation that I have is once he's in a big boy bed he's gonna get up and walk around and those little steps in the middle of the night talk about mama being scary like little footsteps running around it's freaky too so when is the right time and how do we tackle that?
3: So there's no perfect time. And I've actually like I've transitioned kids as young as I think the youngest I've worked with was 13 months. We transitioned to a floor bed and he did really beautifully. But I'll say like one of the things that before you move your kid to a big kid bed safety, right? Like the obvious stuff, like secure the window blinds, make sure that you cover outlets, make sure that you you have mounted all your furniture. So if they're going to be up and around that it's basically want to turn their whole room into a giant crib. It's safe, they can't hurt themselves, they can't do any real damage, theoretically they could get up and move around their room, theoretically they could fall asleep on the floor safely, like it would be, and I don't love that, I want your kid to sleep in their bed too, but the idea is just to make this whole room super safe and I even, like this is an interesting conversation that I have often about, safety and sleep and whether or not you should lock their door and there are some kids who like if they're potty trained and they need to leave the room at night obviously you don't want to lock them in their room but a lot of parents when you transition to a big kid bed really balk at the idea of locking their kid in but, like they were locked in a crib like last week and it's actually the safest place for them to be if there was an emergency you want them safely in their room and you want to be the one that responds to them god forbid there was like a fire you want your kid to stay in the room and so locking it isn't the worst thing you can do like it doesn't i understand like i also get a little bit like "Mm, that's a little weird but it's basically the same thing as a crib and so there's really nothing wrong with securing it and if you don't make it a big deal and you're just like hey like there's a toddler lock on this your kid if you like don't raise their alarm bells it's no big deal it's just part of it's like hey you're free even now but we're gonna lock this because it's safer and so you can do that or you can choose not to but if your kid's gonna get out and come to you Eight hundred times a night, then, then he might want to think about it.
2: Yeah, but I could keep him in the crib as long as he fits in the crib, right? Like for me, it's just such a peace of mind to just put him in there and shoo, close has, him he up. He hasn't figured out how
1: to climb out. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, he climbs out, but he's with the net. Like it's ah, uh, so he can't get the zippers out outside, net. so he okay. can't like okay, okay. Un- open it up.
3: I actually recently learned that technically, by the book. You should transition your kid out of their crib when they hit, like, 35 inches because it becomes a fall hazard and that they could fall out because of just, like, their height and weight ratios. I have never—I'm, like, all for keeping your kid in a crib as long as—if they're not fighting it, then keep them. And there's no real rush. But if he's doing it at his dad's house, then he would probably be super breezy. You could just do it.
2: Yeah, I have to do it. I have to do it. (laughs)
3: I feel like half of our episodes are with him. Even both though of us I have anxiety, like, every this. time he sleeps
2: in that bed is like the pool door, the thing that, you know, like the one accident he had was at his, you know,
1: because he was walking like, around. put
2: like a,
3: just like they leave the door open, but they put like a baby gate. Yeah. Keeping him contained is fine. But it's also like less of a problem than I think a lot of people, like you are having anxiety over this. It's usually, and your kid can feel that, right? Like they know if you're going to be stressed out about this. And so keeping yourself. Bringing yourself down is going to help him just transition much more easily.
0: Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de $40 dolares llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obten los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita boostmobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea. Quiero Arope. 50% de descuento en el primer mes. Requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplica no de restricciones. Visita Boostmobile.com para detalles. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Ciachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Vix, Consuelo. Disponible en la app de Vix ya. Let's talk about how harmful is TV at
2: night because this is the big struggle now. Like he gets no screen time, obviously, when it's the entire day. When I come home, he's allowed to watch a little bit of, you know, some stuff. So I think he gets so excited about, I don't know if he like assimilates or makes a connection between mom is home. Okay, I could watch TV. So he wants to watch more than he should. So the fight at night is always like TV, please, TV, please. (laughs) Uno mas, uno mas, like one more episode, one more episode. And then you think, I'm so naive that he's going to believe, like he's going to understand what one more episode looks like, Mm -mm. but it's never enough. Mm -mm. And then it becomes like worse and worse and worse. Like, Mm. let's talk about TV and at night and how horrible it is, I'm sure it is, and how we could start like getting rid of it. Uh,
3: That's a really good question. And I'll tell you, there are some kids who are way less affected by screen time at night. I have plenty, and like my own kids, frankly, we often are watching a show right up until we go brush our teeth. And it doesn't appear to affect like the blue light and the screen time. Like we don't, and we don't have nightmares. We don't have any issues. And there are plenty of kids that that can be part of their nighttime routine. And it's really a non-issue. So don't, first of all, like don't beat yourself up over that. If you want to set a limit about one more, like that's on you to set the limit, but it may or may not affect bedtime. There are a lot of parents who when they're battling toddler bedtimes will like hand them a screen in bed, and they'll watch videos as part of their wind down routine in bed. And that is probably much more damaging, like blue light, stunts, melatonin production. You want your kid to fall asleep. While I don't think melatonin is a bad habit to get into, like to occasionally use if you've had a weird day and you really need to help your kid wind down for bed. I really like don't love to see families on a long-term melatonin routine. If you think the blue light could be inhibiting melatonin production, that's a a real issue because then you're gonna end up leaning into supplements that you otherwise don't need to be. And so encouraging the natural melatonin production is more ideal. And so like lots of daylight while it's light out and then keeping it kind of dim in the evenings is preferable. In an ideal world, we would be this like farming society where we're up when the sun is up and we're down when the sun is down and our melatonin would just be cruising. But yeah, no, I don't, for, I don't think screen time is all that bad. I think some kids is more of an issue, but I see most, like a lot of kids who it's not as big of a deal as we think.
1: I never thought like I had a routine until I started understanding like, and observing like, oh, we do have a routine. Like, so for us, you know, we are usually, we finish work, usually go outside and play, or if we're already outside at the playground or whatever, we kind of wrap that up around 6.30. At 6.30, we come inside and either my husband gives her a bath while I'm cooking, or if like she's really hungry, like I'll cook real quick and we'll have dinner together before she then goes to take a bath. But usually interchangeably, it's like dinner, bath, whatever, and we finish those. Both of those things are usually done by 7.30, 7.45. 7.30, 7.45. And then she's fully aware, like, this is my TV time. So, she sits down, she watches TV, and then usually around 8.30, 5 or so, 8.30, I tell her, okay, you know, we're gonna wrap this up now, whatever, I'm gonna go get your milk. Sometimes is like, great, I'm tired. And other times is like, no, one more. Last night was a one more. Uno mas, una mas. Yes. And I like- said, no, like, We're not going to watch one more because in other times where I've trusted you to tell me one more and I gave you one more and you still had a meltdown about it. So, no. The part where it gets tricky is once, you know, TV time is over and it's time to go to sleep. Um, So I talked to her about her bed and then, you know, we she's like, okay, fine, we can go to the bed. At this point, she's always allowed to choose three books. So she chooses three books This week, she's been choosing the longest books. And I'm like, okay, we're going to have to downgrade to like one book or two books. Because like, I you know, you know the feeling when you open the book? And it has so much text. And I'm like, God. Um, And on top of that, like there's an added layer where like she wants me to read the books in Spanish, but the books are in English. And so I have to like translate in real time and like come up with the whole story in Spanish. And I actually tell the actual story. At this point, I could just say anything, but like I say the actual story and then I give her her milk and then we like I stay in the room until she falls asleep. But last night she was like, we finished the books and I'm like, okay, it's time for leche. She's like, yeah, I'm tired. But mommy, I want to go in your bed. And I'm like, fine. And I say yes, because like I do love sleeping with her. Um, And, you know, as long as she sleeps through the night. And that's why I told her, you can't be waking up in the middle of the night because then I'm going to be upset. Like we can't, we're not going to do that. Um, So yeah, so like the last like few nights or whatever, she's been back in our bed because if she stays in her bed what happens is that she'll wake up in the middle of the night mama 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 so my husband will go and she's like not you like she just gets so upset he'll be like I'm going to grab you and I'm going to take you to your mother so like then he (laughs) plops her over to the bed and then you know she just wants to cuddle and she goes right back to sleep and then that's it and then we wake up and whatever so that's our loose routine You know, I always tell her, eventually you need to go to your bed, but like, I don't know. I also, I'm like, it'll figure itself out.
3: For families who want to have that, I think it's great. Like I'll be honest, I love, our youngest is just turned four and I love having him in bed. I'm a sleep consultant and I went back and forth with bed sharing with him. I went like, I was the most kind of loosey goosey with him and I love it. And even now we take turns having sleepovers in our bed but it's parent driven and so we can be like we're going to have a sleepover tonight and you can sleep in our bed and we'll like watch a movie together it'll be great but it's there are kids who like can't transition back and forth and can't go back to their bed after a sleepover with mom it's suddenly you've given them an inch and they want to take 5 miles on the nighttime stuff
2: what do you find the most effective when it comes to teaching a child to soothe themselves and put themselves to sleep alone in their room That's my goal. I want to be like, bye, good night. I love you so much. Read the book, say a prayer, close the door, turn off the lights. Bye.
3: So honestly, there's nothing wrong with staying with your kid until they fall asleep.
2: But that's what I said. But then an hour later, an hour and a half later, he's still awake. I feel like he stays awake when I'm with him. That's the problem. Is
3: it? So that's kind of the case where I might take a look. So like I said earlier, like wake times and stuff and naps are a little bit less important for toddlers. But I should have said, so there's an interesting thing where I finally found the research, and I can share that link with you guys if you guys want it, but I've been saying for years that kids, there's a range of sleep needs, right? Like some kids who are two are gonna need 12 hours of sleep per day, and there are kids who are still gonna get 14 and a half hours of sleep, and that's a huge difference. And so if your kid has always been on the lower end of sleep and like not a great sleeper, they dropped their naps faster, They seem to never get tired and they're just happy and roll with it, those lower sleep need kids tend to drop their naps faster, need to have naps capped. That's Victoria. Keep, That's my keep kid. it really short if they're gonna nap. If they're fighting and fighting and fighting bedtime and you otherwise have a really great routine and they're not like raging and they're just, they're just kind of awake and wanna talk and wanna play, and ask for one more thing for an hour, or it's like it's going on forever. That's when I'm like, let's take a look at naps. Because if you're still napping and it's taking up, so like if you're only gonna get 12 hours total of sleep out of your kid per day, and you wanna put them to bed at 8 p.m. and get at least 10 or 11 hours of sleep, right? You don't wanna see them in the five o'clock hour. So that means nap has to be like one hour or less so that your nights are easy and long and more restorative. Like it's better for your kid to have good night's sleep than it is for them to take a long nap. And so if you're gonna prioritize one or the other, that's when I'm like, okay, let's take a look at wake times and let's look at what's going on for your schedule because that is, that's the other half of the puzzle. You can have the perfect routine and you can be ultra consistent about expecting your kid to put themselves to sleep. But if they're not tired, they're not tired. And so that's it's absolutely the other side of the puzzle.
2: Let's go back to what naturally increases the melatonin, right? We had like the foods, that's what he's going
3: to be having Uh, so naturally increasing melatonin production it's i try to do it now i'm much better about it in the summer when the weather we're in north carolina and so we're kind of get like mixed up weather but getting your kid exposed to natural sunlight first thing in the morning kind of resets them for the day and lets their bodies know that it's daytime, their brains wake up, their bodies are ready to go. As much natural light as you can expose them to during the day is best. And if you live in a climate where you don't get natural sunlight, having like lamps that do the sunlight lamps are suitable. But then as as you're ready for the day to wind down, you want to you know like the sun starts to go down you want to dim lights ideally you would limit screen time toward the end of the day so that their brains are like oh it's dark and that's when we begin to produce melatonin so it usually kicks in right around the time the sun goes down and in the summer it's harder because it's the sun is up until like nine and so you have to kind of artificially induce that and dim things down a little bit and then yeah like food's that like nuts, eggs, milk is a really good one. Tart cherries—they make tart cherry juice. You can mix this. It's really tart. Your toddler probably will not like it. I think even nut milks. If your kid, I happen to have non-dairy kids, so we do a lot of almond stuff. Camila's
1: oh. like, tell me what I need to do right now. Give me the answer right know, now. That, <laughs> at, at,
3: it's
2: just like it's, I know. It, it's just like for me. It's again. He's a great sleeper. He sleeps usually 12 hours. He naps for two hours. It's And the fact that he has a it's routine, only it's only with me. He wants me to be in his crib, and you, I'm so, so tired sometimes. Is like, it you? You're right, baby, let's go. I'll jump in the crib, I'm in the crib with him, and sometimes he'll like, kind of fall asleep there, and then it's like, I have to creep out of the crib, but otherwise, he could be in there for an hour. Playing with my hair,
3: whispering stuff, he's like, talking, oh. Like it's just like... So, I honestly would make the leap and put him in a bed. And I'll say that because it's easier to respond to him and to comfort him, short of climbing in a crib. It's a lot easier to respond to a kid in a bed and to be present to them physically. But it's also, there comes this point where if your kid is crib bound, then you have to look at methods where you're gonna leave the room for a couple of minutes and they're in their crib. And it feels, you know, it's more like kind of a Ferber approach. But if they're in their bed, you can actually be a little bit more responsive and it's just as a little bit closer and a little bit more present. I feel like that. I like that you can go in, your kid can theoretically get up if they need to, they can come get you. But I would take the, I would take the leap. And the key with that is what I love is that you can put him back and put him back and put him back in his bed if he gets up. And every single time you go in there, you can say, look forward. I love you so much. It's time for bed. And you use this script that you can fall back on. And that means you can kind of take the guesswork out of it. You can take your brain, you can stop negotiating, you can not try to like cajole him into bed. You respond over and over and you're present to him, but you can say, you've got this script in the back of your head that's like, it's time for bed, I love you so much. And then you leave the room and then you come back, you know, he jumps out of bed, you put him back again, and it might take 25 times. But you can be fully responsive to your child and you can be present to them and you can love them and you can be supportive of the transition, but also be very, very crystal clear in your expectation that it's bedtime and you're gonna sleep in your bed. And that gets easier so fast. I do have, like I have heaps of kind of gentler, there's a something called the kissing game I really like and some kids respond to it and it is like darn near the closest thing to unicorn like rainbows sleep that I can offer. It doesn't work for every kid though. It's where you put your kid to bed and you say, okay, if you stay in your bed, I'll come back and I'll give you a kiss. And then you take half of a step away and you give them a kiss. And then you take three steps away and you come back and you give them another kiss. And then you get to the door, you go back and you go back and you go back and you really gradually extend the amount of time that you're out of the room. And you know, you might have to couple it with like, okay, I gave you a kiss. Mommy's going to run and go to the bathroom." And that buys you like three minutes. And you say, if you stay in your bed, I'll come back, I'll give you another kiss. And you keep coming back and at some point, your kid falls asleep and it takes a lot of energy and it takes a really good attitude on your part. But I have had families who are like, I don't want my kid to cry, I don't want to, I wanna make this transition, I want it to be really easy. And if this works, it works so well, it blows my mind. Like. When I first started doing this, I thought there was no way this could work. Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. My kid would never respond to that. And then I started throwing it at families, and they were like, we did the kissing game, and my kid went right to sleep. I was like, cool. I'm I a believer. in my child. Now
2: he's into the hug only no kiss mom at all <laughs> He's like, no kiss, hug. Like, so tough. Oh. And I still kiss him, and he gets annoyed. He's like, nah! You know? Oh my God, that's one.
1: And then I'm
3: like, that actually is another, that reminds me of another thing that I want to make sure that I say is that my favorite tip trick with kids is the more choices you can give them, the better. And like you said that you pick out three books, which is awesome. They probably pick out their pajamas. But when I'm talking about choices with parents and really empowering your kid at bedtime, the more choices, the better. And they can be insane choices. Like, Do you want to put your left foot in your jammies first or your right foot? Do you want to sit on the sink while we brush teeth or do you want to stand? Do you want to, do you want mommy to do somersaults out of the room or cartwheels? Do you want me to kiss you or you to kiss me? And it's just these really like teeny tiny, doesn't make any difference to you choices, but your kid feels so good about having that. And it's almost a game to just keep offering choices. And I found even when your kid is like peak meltdown, and you would like that time to be over and they're freaking out that continuing to offer choices and say, like, just keep, kind of keep going and keep offering things. And it's something you sort of have to practice and come up with more questions. But occasionally you'll shock your kid out of their tantrum and they'll be like, what did you ask me? And then it kind of diffuses the situation and you can move on from there where like occasionally you'll just strike the right chord for our kid it was the do you want me to kiss you or do you want to kiss me and that's why i say that like that was our youngest thought he was like what and we use the same thing like the same strategy when we're in public it's like do you want me to hold your hand or do you want to hold mine and it's. Obviously the exact same
2: result. The next few months before he starts big boy school, where he has to actually be in school, because right now he has to be in school at nine. So he gives a little bit more time in the morning. But when I think he has to be in like at eight or seven through forty-five. Oh my God. Next year. It's a big difference. So I want to be well-rested, you know, in great spirits. And I he do wanna do So I need to, I mean, like I'll I'll talk to you offline, but I want to do two things. I wanna move up his bedtime. Because he's going to sleep. By the time we start the routine, it's like 8. By the time he's sleeping, it's like 9 sometimes. You know, 8.45, 9. That's too late for him. So I kind of want to move everything up. He's in pajamas by the time I get home. So like at 7, he's already like bathed and in his PJs already. So it's just kind of like playtime for us. Book time. Playtime, 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 playtime. And then he'll he'll go to sleep. But I do want to, if you could share maybe like quick tips, like what's a good way to move up the
3: bedtime? That's a really common question. And the best thing you can do is start your mornings at the same time. Like whatever time you're going to have to start your morning, when school time moves up, just start waking him at that time. And I know that kind of sucks. Like you, the late mornings are awesome. And it's much easier to parent when your kid sleeps until eight. But if you need your kid up by 6.30, start waking them at 6.30, and that will really quickly mean that bedtime has to happen at 7.30 instead of 9. And that will just, like, they will be tired sooner, they'll be ready for bed, and that's the best way to take a little bit of control. Like, I catch myself, I don't want my job to sound like it's rocket science, but the more you can kind of control those variables about what time he's waking in the morning, what time is nap, what time is, the more control you have over those, the, like, timing, the more you can draw out, be like, oh, this worked really well that day that he only napped for an hour. Let's repeat that and see if we can run with it. And so that kind of like data point for like controlling what time he wakes up in the morning just sets the rest of the day for a little bit more consistency so that you can say like, he's going to be tired by 7.30 or 8 and he's going to have to go to bed. But if you're letting him sleep until some days at 7 and some days it's 8.30, then it's kind of like a crapshoot if bedtime is going to happen on time. And so like a little bit of consistency with what time he wakes and what time nap is helps you figure out when bedtime needs to be. It's
2: funny because, oh, and then he went, you're right. He went to a stage where he was waking up, like it was a diaper issue. Then I ended up having to buy like a diaper extender, like an extension, like a little pad that goes in his little belly. And I killed him because he was just waking up because he was wet and he was, you know, bothered. So that would be like at, you know, 4, 45, 5 o'clock. And then he wouldn't go back to sleep. And that for me oh, is no. like, I'm a sleeper. I'm a big yeah. sleeper. Like, I need to sleep. I need my eight Thank hours. You. I do not mess with my eight hours. Like, so that was another thing that I was struggling with, having him go back to sleep that early in the morning.
3: Do you limit fluids toward the end of the day? No, like I just little, started I mean, doing that
2: literally this week. Seat. This week, my mom was like, giving the milk. And then, because he's hungry. He's a, he loves to eat. And he's hungry. He told me, mama, yummy. Like, he's hungry. So now I'm doing milk first. And then I'm going to, I do oatmeal Sometimes like warm oatmeal. Mm-hmm. If he gets hungry again, mm-hmm. like I like get eight fifteen, I'll give him more oatmeal to go to sleep. Yeah. At the dad's, we just give him the warm milk, and he soothes himself with the milk. If he goes to sleep. I guess he knows what works differently. But the fluids, I think I'm gonna have to cut because he keeps peeing through his little diaper, and then that makes it obviously uncomfortable to sleep.
3: If you can get him to double void at bedtime, so like get him to potty once, and then brush your teeth and then go back and try to pee again. Yeah, I don't know if you guys, as like, I know as a mom, this is more a part of my life than it ever used to be where I have to like really try to empty my bladder. <laughs> like I have to work for it to to get empty. So it's kind of the same thing with kids. It's like, get them to pee once, take a break and move around a little bit and then see if there's more. Like, I don't know how many times I have thought I peed and then I get up and then nope, like still gotta go. So it's the same thing, like making sure he's really truly empty, it, that can help too. I hate
1: waking up to pee, like myself. Like I literally wake up and I'm like, oh my I have to pee so bad. And like, so like for me, it's a huge deal to like pee before bed. Thank you so much, Mary. It was really great speaking with you. And I feel like we have a lot of takeaways
2: here.
3: Let, reach out to me. And like for anybody listening, I'm super responsive in the DMs and I'm happy to help if I can troubleshoot then just let me, I'll answer one-off questions and make sure you're set up. I want to, I want to help. Yeah. So can you please share um, where everybody can follow you and, and all your information? Yeah. I'm on Instagram at let's mother together and mothertogether.com and all of the links that you might need are in my link tree. So, so yeah, come find me.
2: Thanks Mary.
3: Thank you, Mary.